Dr. Tori Robeson here, chiropractic practice success consultant, where I teach you how to go farther than you ever thought you could. You're listening to the Cairo Success Podcast. I am optimistic. I'm positive and excited about chiropractic and reaching people with my practice and building an exceptional life of productivity, prosperity, and generosity while living a life that's filled with love and fitness and fun. My purpose is to become a smarter, more powerful, capable, driven, and superior version of myself. We do that how? Well, we increase our awareness, our knowledge, our understanding, We're motivated, we've got drive, and we're developing our hands-on skill, our communication skill, and just flat-out mastering the art of creating and living an exceptional life. Every single podcast with me does four things. Causes you to naturally attract great new people coming in. We've got to know what to do with them, though, right? The whole Winter's Edge system, all the modules, all the flow, all the details. Every podcast makes you more capable of motivating and persuading people. You're empowered to make better, smarter, long-term decisions. And of course, you're energized physically, mentally, and always financially every time that we train. That's the name of the game, right? That is the name of the game. Now, law of success here. Law of success. This is an interesting one. From Napoleon Hill. And we're going to get into our topic. Really good, useful, applicable, immediately topic for the doctor and team. But let's take a look at this really quick here. In our society today, we see that there is an emerging lack of accurate thinking. You ever met somebody who said something or thought something and it was like, that's not accurate? That's not the truth. Those aren't the facts. So for us to be successful as a small business owner and as a practicing chiropractor dealing with patients in the public, we have to be able to think accurately about what? People, about staff. We must think accurately about how insurance companies work or don't work. Think accurately about Medicare. Think accurately as it relates to state board rules and guidelines. Think accurately with everything we do with money. To the degree that we think accurately, can you see how that determines our success? If a person gets a little influx of money, it is possible they may think inaccurately and think they have more than they actually do. A classic inaccurate thought in a chiropractic office would be when two chiropractors practice together and I ask one of them, what are you collecting? And that one chiropractor gives the clinic total number. Do you see how that is not accurate? That is the total for two of them. And I asked that one chiropractor what their number was. See? 
and infinite other examples as it relates to everything you buy, everything you... Is it possible that in the world today, the media trying to get you to think, okay, inaccurately? In other words, they want to manipulate you to think something to get you to maybe buy something and then later on you find out it wasn't what you thought it was. They were trying to get you to think inaccurately. And we want to be able to see through all that and make good, smart decisions, short-term and long-term. Let's see what Hill has to say here quick before we get into our topic. He's got seven points here as it relates to accurate thinking. Number one. Never accept the opinions of other people as being facts until you've learned the source of those opinions and satisfied yourself of their accuracy. A lot of people out there talking a lot, aren't there? A lot of people talking big. Many times as we dig in and assess the facts, we might find something different. Number two, free advice requires the closest of examination before being acted upon as safe. Generally speaking, free advice is worth exactly what it costs. I'd much rather pay, because if I pay, then I figure the other party feels some responsibility. But free advice is very, very interesting. We have to be very, very careful. Number three, alert yourself immediately if someone talks about another in a discourteous spirit. This should put you on notice that this information is probably biased and may actually be misrepresentation. So, always cautious. Number four, when asking others for information, Never disclose what you want the information to be because most people have the bad habit of trying to please under such circumstances. Okay. Hey, is this really a good deal? And people might just agree and say yes versus do you, what do you think about this deal? Could I go other places and get a deal like this? Number five, anything that exists in the universe can be proved. Where no such proof is available, it's safer to assume nothing exists. If people had to prove what they believed or prove their thoughts or prove their opinions, wouldn't that change things? Okay. All right. I certainly have to in the work that I do. Everything's got to be proven, 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 proven. Okay. And we have the proof here in Winter's Edge. All of the clients, all of the offices, all of the statistics. All right? Easy to, uh, easy to see the truth. Results are truth. Number six. Truth and falsehood carry with them a silent and invisible means of identifying that they are true or false. Learn to develop your intuitive faculty. Oh, there's one of those intellectual factors again. To enable you to sense what is true and what is false. From a Christian perspective here, a legit believing Christian 
will have an ability to discern truth and false that is almost like a natural superpower. And a lot of people who are not of that nature and are more secular and worldly in their worldview and in how they conduct themselves and think and believe and move through society and move through time, many times are unable to see certain things. That's a topic for another day. I just want to introduce that concept now. Last one, number seven. Follow the habit of asking, how do you know? How do you know that? Well, I just think, oh, it's just kind of a thought you have in your mind. Here's the final point before we move on to our topic. Just because people say something doesn't mean it's any good. In fact, just because people are very persuasive when they say something, they look credible when they say it, they say it with authority and it sounds really good because of the tone of their voice, be suspicious. Be suspicious. How do you know? We want truth. We want facts. We want what is legit as it relates to anything, especially if it's anything we might be making a decision about as it relates to patients or health or money or anything else that's important in your life, right? So accurate thinking based on information as accurate as we can get it and ascertain and using that intellectual faculty of intuition to help guide us and increase our awareness and our capability of understanding so we can win. Now, here's a topic. How do you get people to keep their appointments? What's the doctor's job here? What's the front desk job? What's the text messages job? Everybody has responsibility here as it relates to getting people to keep their appointments. Let me ask you this. The name of the game and the goal is results. We have to get people better. Well, to get people better, we have to have them keep their visits. Keep visits, best chance of results, best chance of referrals, best chance of longevity and health and happiness for that person. Here's the question. Who's responsible for making sure a patient keeps their appointments? Is it you? Or is it the patient? Who is it? Whose responsibility is it? Well, if they really want to get fixed, they'll come in. Can you ever say that? What if a CA said that? Well, if they really wanted to get better, they would make their visits. It's not my responsibility. In a courtroom, and I deal with many chiropractors that have unique situations, there was one the other day where a chiropractor had a patient come in with a problem, checked it out, did a little bit of work and said, come back on Tuesday. In the meanwhile, you might go to an emergency room and maybe have them look at this. The person never came back. Six months later, the chiropractor is getting sued for a problem with that patient. 
and the chiropractor cannot say, well, I told him to come back and he didn't. That doesn't work. It's like the burden is on the doctor to make sure the patient follows through or document it or whatever it takes to make it really, really show that you did your part thoroughly and that they flat out rejected it, went and did something else. They understood the the the, the um, ramifications of what would happen if they didn't follow your recommendations. It's very interesting. So you have to look at it like you are 100% responsible for getting the person to make their visits. And you have to make sure the team understands this also. You can't just say, well, if they really want to get better, they would have, or I told them to do this. It would have to be documented. You would have had to call and call and call and prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that you did everything you could to see to it that a person followed through, especially if it's something serious. If it's a person, mild thing, and they miss a few visits, that's different than something where there could be it's a more serious problem, medical, neurological, orthopedic issue, okay? And you make a recommendation or something like that, or you're not quite sure, all right? Then you have to make sure, hey, I did this. I put this letter. I sent them this note. I made a copy. I put it in the file. I sent this email. I saved a copy of the email for proof later on just in case. When in doubt, cover everything. Be thorough. If your intuition tells you something is going on and you need to be sharp with it, then really, really be sharp. But now, initially when it comes to appointment making, we talked about this before. We want to have people ask us, how often do I need to come in? And of course, be here every day in the week that you can. There's more to be said on that, but I want to move on. So we go to the front desk. The front desk job is to schedule out as many appointments as as is comfortably possible. But we do not want to have an appointment book full of a bunch of names that really aren't real. Okay? We want accuracy in there. So we want to put in appointments that we really feel are going to be accurate. And there's a lot with the appointment book. And sometimes we put in names. Um, We're not sure if they're going to make it, but we just use it as a reminder. And we have to know that. And there's a lot going on with the art of running the appointment book. But what I want to talk about here is the doctor's responsibility. So here's what we do. Be here every day in the week that you can. They go up to the front. Everything is scheduled out as, as solid as possible. All right. We can get them into a text reminding system. Fine. Now, on each and every visit, and this is the main point of the training. This is the takeaway. It is 100% the doctor's responsibility to make the next appointment or reiterate or remind of the next appointment as the patient is walking away or as the doctor is walking away. We'll see you Tuesday, Ron. Or let's go two days next week. Two days next week. So you have to make sure you solidify any upcoming appointment. It has to come from you. Then it gets reminded again up front and then it can be in a text situation. You get the idea? From the doctor and the CA and in text form. But the technique I want to make sure you understand you use here is you must anchor this to the patient. What is anchoring? Many of you high-performance Winner's Edge chiropractors, you will know what anchoring is because you have high-performance training. If you're a chiropractor not in the Winner's Edge group, we'd love to see you be here on top of our game, engineering everything, 
for the next 10 years of incredible practice growth and life-creating awesomeness, love to have you join us. Check out the Winner's Edge website. Anchoring. Anchoring is when you tap the patient between their elbow and their shoulder as you say something to anchor it to their body as if to say, tag, you're it. If you ask somebody to do something, you'll get a little compliance. If you ask them to do something and you tap them and you actually touch them, like, hey, I'm, I'm on top of this. I know what, you know, it changes it completely. You go from like 20% compliance to like 80% compliance as people research this. So it's a gentle touch. It's kind of like a pat on the back as they're on their way out the door, really on the shoulder, very gentle. Maybe we'll see you Tuesday and just boom, it's just see you Tuesday. And we touch, okay, around the uh, humerus somewhere, tricep, bicep, between the shoulder and the elbow. Perfectly neutral, completely asexual, just very, very professional. See you Tuesday, Jennifer. Very gentle, many times with even the back of the hand and the knuckles. Okay, very, very gentle. Very cordial gesture. gesture. Have someone you know take their finger and put it below your ear around your neck. Put it about an inch away from your neck. It doesn't do anything. Then have them just barely touch your neck for a tenth of a second. That can almost send chills down your spine, can't it? The power of that tiny touch is enormous. Anchoring is big. So every time the patient is leaving, the doctor anchors the next appointment. See you Tuesday, Ron, or be here three days next week. I can only be here twice. Great. We'll see you on Monday and Wednesday. Get precise. Get to the day. Or we might even be see you same time tomorrow. Boom. Anchor and they're gone. That's the doctor's job. There's nothing more the doctor can do. The doc, you know, if the doctor doesn't say when the next appointment is, hopes the CA figures it out, figures, figures it out, or waits for the, the uh, patient to somehow tell them, that's not going to work, right? On the high end, the chiropractor always knows where they're at with the patient, always knows what they want to do, always knows if they need to speed things up or tone things back a little bit. You know, let's take a few days off. Let's go Thursday. Good doctoring. Or it might be, oh, Okay, I want you to be here every day this week. Okay, I want you to be here Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We've got to get ahead of this because you've got a big weekend coming up. I'll see you tomorrow at the same time. That's good doctoring. Assertive, declarative, doctoring with good eye contact and anchored to the arm. Okay? It's the best a doctor can do. Then, of course, there is a hand signal system that can be used to convey that information to the front desk. That's a topic for another day, high-level training that many chiropractors around the country have used for years. Because you can't tell the patient, you can't yell at the patient, you don't have time to put something in a computer as a note for, to have it pop up on their screen. So we have a hand signal system for the properly designed Winner's Edge office where the CA can see the doctor every time the doctor's in the doorway of an adjusting area. So now, CA's responsibility, nail the appointment in, also say the same thing. 
Now, here's the next level I want you to be aware of. If you have someone that's sort of a perpetual misser, you have to say this as you anchor. Do you promise to let us know if you need to change your appointment? And they'll say yes. And by asking them that and getting them to agree, many times they will call and they'll miss less appointments. If you just say, okay, we got you down for Wednesday, John, and John leaves, John may be there, he may not be there. But if you say, John, do you promise to be here on Thursday and let us know if you need to change? Yeah. Now it's harder because they promised. So the doctor anchors. The doctor can also say, do you promise to be here two days this week? Okay, can get that level of commitment. CA, okay, appointment is made. A little bit harder for the CA to anchor, but she can go between the wrist and the elbow at the front desk if it's available. Okay, see you Tuesday. Or, or tap, John, do you promise to give us a call or just let us know, send us a message if you need to change that appointment? These little things increase compliance by like incredible amounts. And then they're gone. So, doctor, CA, anchoring, do you promise? Text messages, it's about as good as, about as, good as you can do. Now, there's still going to be a percentage of people that miss, but it'll be less if you use these technique, techniques consistently. But when they do and someone just walks in, we have to have this. Your tail always has to wag every, every time you, you see a patient. Can you tell I've had a bunch of coaching calls today? I've been on the phone for like two hours solid. Okay, jaw gets sore. All right. Giving adjustments and having office visits is much, it's much more fun and much easier than just sitting on the phone for uh, a couple hours continuously. Why do I say that? Well, because I want to always speak clearly. I never want to miss a syllable. I want to be sharp. I want to be accurate with my communication skill. That's part of the art that we're looking to develop. Now back in the office, anytime somebody walks in, the tail wags. You are excited to see them. It doesn't matter if they've blown off the last four visits. It's John. Great to see you. Let's start right here today. John. Oh, you're due for a tune-up. Let's have a seat right here. Okay. We're always excited to see people. If you're ever scowly or down or anything like that, okay, why would they want to go there? Okay? All right? Even though, yeah, they missed their appointment, all of that stuff. But you're not their parents. You're not there to discipline anybody. You're there just to be nice to everybody who comes in and have a procedure of you confirming appointment, you anchoring, front desk confirming, front desk anchoring. Do you promise to let us know? Text message. You have a procedure. You do the procedure. Cold blind. It's automatic. It's built into what you do. Now, even though they're still going to have people, you love all of them. You're nice to all of them. The tail wags. You smile. You eyebrow lift. You're excited to see everybody. Someone blows you off for a year and they walk back in. Bill, it's great to see you. Let's check things out a little bit before we make our adjustments today. Okay. That's what I would hope. Things can happen. You are always excited to see people. Sometimes we call it the Doberman philosophy. Yes, we have a loyalty and a dedication and devotion. Okay, we're fierce if anybody wants to start to oppose us, especially if they oppose the truth. 
But at the same time, the tail wags and we lick faces and we love our people, okay? So we've sort of got all of this ability built into us. That's why we call it the Doberman philosophy. It is quite awesome. Last point I want to make here. I learned this years ago. I'm going to share it with you now. Now, you can't take this too far. You can't take this too far. You got to keep it in context. You'll see what I mean when I tell you this. Maybe you've heard this before. Many of you probably haven't. Tell patients what they need and give them what they want. We always tell people what they need anatomically, physiologically, biologically. So when you say that next appointment, that is what they need. CA reiterates what they need. Text message reminds of what they need. We always tell people what's ideal for them in their situation. Initial care plan, on regular office visits, at reevaluation time, when it comes time to talk about wellness. We always want to tell people what they need. There's a problem right there in chiropractic because most chiropractors don't know what people need. They're not thinking accurately. Or they're thinking in a way that, oh, I'm afraid to say it for fear the patient may not like it. How would you like to have a doctor do that with you? You always want the truth. Lay it out straight and level for me. Let's love people enough to do the same for them. Then it says, give them, give them what they want. And if the person says, I can be here once a week, great. The person misses a bunch of visits and comes back in. And they, they, hey, they walked in the door. They want to see you. Great. But they always have to have been told what they need. And many times, of course, have it in the file, especially in a personal injury or more hairy situation. Okay, patient was instructed to be here three times in the week. All right. Tell people what they need. Tell people the truth. Know what the truth is. And then, of course, okay, cheerfully give them what they want as they then interface and interact with your recommendation. Okay. But we do have to be honest. They're not making a lot of visits and they're not getting better. And they say, how come I'm not getting any better? Bill, remember now I had a recommendation here to be here every day in the week that you can. Three or four days in the week is ideal. You've only made it a few times in two months. If you only work out a couple times in two months, you can't go to the trainer and say, hey, why am I not stronger? They understand. They just want understanding. They want clarification. Patients will test us. They're always testing. We have to pass the test by keeping our tone, knowing what the truth is, and communicating it well. Quick summary here. Accurate thinking. Let's understand what the truth is, understand what the facts are. Let's be very, very suspicious of things we hear out in social media, suspicious of things that we hear okay, that certainly relate to relationships or family or money or anything with the practice. We want to say, hey, how do you know? We want proof. We want validation. Your patients want proof and validation that they're in the right place seeing you. That's why the website is the way we recommend it. That's why you got the pictures with all the people. You have all these validating tools, everything to just prove to people beyond any shadow of a doubt, wow, I'm in the right place. This is a credible, capable, loving, caring, sincere chiropractor. And of course, the doctor always makes that next appointment recommendation. The doctor always anchors it. The CA then follows up, the CA anchors if possible, and always, if need be, hey, do you promise to let us know if you need to change or move this appointment? 
and then it goes into the tech system. It's the best we can do for the appointment protocol. And then regardless of what happens after that, our tail wags and we love each and every person every single time they come in. Tori out. If you're a chiropractor looking to dominate in practice and in life, learn more at winnersedgeconsulting.com. Thank you.